You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a six-month subscription to leadquizzes.com valued at $300. Leadquizzes helps you create interactive lead generation quizzes to help you grow your email list. This is the same software I use to generate over 20,000 leads for my business in 2017. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a snapshot or picture showing your subscribe and text it to 716-218-8981 or email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is a serial entrepreneur, an expert in remote hiring, an e-commerce guru, has been selling online since 2010, and Nate has sold over $25 million worth of product through his e-commerce business. He's now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp. That's free with three E's, okay? which is a hands-on hiring marketplace connecting hundreds of online business owners with reliable, pre-vetted remote workers. So welcome to the show, Nathan. Dennis, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. You're a young guy. How old are you? I just turned 29. 29. Wow. And you started your first business when? When I was 20. 20. Wow. So you've been an entrepreneur for nine years and you haven't even gotten into your 30s yet. So I'm hoping for a really interesting interview. And I, and I know with your your background and a little bit of what we talked about before we hit record here, that you've had some really, really cool stuff going on. So before we dive into that today, we're going to talk about, particularly we're going to talk about this, what you call your low risk, high reward growth strategies. And so I'm super excited to dig into that. But before we dive into that, do us a favor, tell us a quick backstory and a little bit about free up and then we'll get rocking. Yeah. So I started my first Amazon business out of my college dorm room and I actually started off doing textbooks. I noticed the school bookstore was ripping me off. I wanted to compete with them. I I did a pretty good job to the point where I actually got a cease and desist letter from my school to to knock it off. When I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their books and from books, I really got into Amazon. You don't sell books for very long without learning about Amazon. This was back in 2008, 2009. No one really knew what Amazon was going to become. People didn't really understand what I was doing. And I created this dropship business. I didn't have a warehouse. I didn't have a lot of cash to buy inventory. So through trial and error, I built this dropshipping business and my target category was baby products. And again, I got to that through trial and error, through trying products that I couldn't get to sell, outdoor products, DVDs, computers. And once I found baby products, my business started to explode. So if you can imagine me as a from the 20 to 22 in college, growing this Amazon business, having no idea what I'm doing as a young entrepreneur, eventually I got to the point where I had to start hiring people. And I quickly realized that the college kids around me weren't very reliable. And it was very hard for me to get older talent to work for some rookie young entrepreneur. So I got turned on to the remote hiring platforms, the Upworks of Fivers that are out there. And I became pretty good at hiring freelancers. But as I got more and more onto the hiring side, I always wanted a faster way. I didn't want to sort through 50 applicants. I didn't want to have to find the best of the best. I wanted something quick that protected me. And when I couldn't find that, 
That's when I built the free up marketplace where we get hundreds of applicants every week. We take the top 1%, we let them in. We have 24-7 support. We have a no turnover guarantee where if they quit, we cover replacement costs. So that's really how I went from a broke college kid to starting two companies. Wow. Okay. So that was really fast. There was a lot in there. You went from starting this dropship business. How I know you've since sold that or divested yourself so you could focus in on free up. But how big did you get that business? I mean, you said you did 25 million in gross. What what were you doing your last few years? And were you still just selling baby products? Yeah. So we expanded into toys and outdoors a little bit, but baby products was, was always our core. So the first few years we were doubling every year. I mean, we got to the point where we were doing seven to $8 million a year. And then all the courses and the gurus came out there. So it became impossible to double every year. So we were stagnant in that somewhere between three to, to six pretty consistently in the last few years. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you had a you had a seven-figure business by the time you were in your early to mid-20s. So that's awesome. Perfect. Okay. So FreeUp came out of kind of like a necessity for your own invention of wanting to hire more freelancers and better quality freelancers. So Tell me the business model a little bit behind FreeUp. How does that work? Is, is it a subscription model? Is it a, you know, how exactly does that work for FreeUp? Yeah, so we're not a subscription model. It's free to sign up. There's no monthly fee. There's no minimums. There's no commitment. It's in our best interest to get you great freelancers so you keep using them. We're on your side. We take 15% with the $2 minimum on every hour build, 15% on fixed projects. So that's how we make our money. So you're basically just taking a piece of each transaction, when, but only when they're successful in placing a freelancer. Yeah. So the way it works is our billing periods are Wednesday to Tuesday. We charge the client every Thursday for any hours that worked during that Wednesday to Tuesday. And then they have a week to dispute anything before we pay the freelancer the following Thursday. So we kind of act as that payment processor. Oh, excellent. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about the size. When did you start FreeUp? So we started it. This is year three. We did a million dollars in the first year, around five million last year. And right now our, our run rate, if you take the current month, is around ten million. So we've been growing pretty significantly. Wow. So you're excited to hit eight figures. You've already hit seven figures twice. Now you're gonna hit eight figures. Uh, we're working on it. That's yeah. the goal. Congrats. That's awesome. All right, cool. So along the way, I'm sure you've learned some incredible lessons of what to do and what not to do. So I want to get a little bit micro into freelancer. When you you know, we don't have a ton of time because I know that you've got probably a whole bunch of different strategies that you've used. But if you could only pick one strategy, you only had the bandwidth, resources, cash flow, all of that to pick one strategy that you're using now to get new clients for free up, what would it be? It's lead generation. I mean, it's the same thing I did with my Amazon business. I was this 20-year-old kid. No one really, <laughs> no, if I just cold called people or, or tried to reach out to these vendors, it's very hard to get relationships. So you had to do it more in quantity over quality. So what we would do is we built this lead gen team out of the Philippines and we did split testing with these different email chains saying, hey, here's my story. Here's what we're trying to do. We'd love to work with you. And we would do our own research. We weren't just blindly emailing everyone in the world, figuring out, hey, what partners would let us sell their products on Amazon? So the same lead gen strategy that we did on Amazon, which helped us work with over 300 manufacturers, we took to free up. We would reach out to podcasts. We would reach out to influencers, reach out to potential clients, whether they're agencies or e-commerce stores. And, and that kind of supports everything else that we're doing, whether it's the Facebook ads or the SEO on our blog. Having that lead gen team where you're investing anywhere from 25 to to $100 every day in outreach for new clients, trying to get them on the phone, 
is incredibly effective. I know everyone says that email is dead and there's so many different things out there like many chats and, and LinkedIn lead generation, which we do as well. But just email lead generation has been huge to growing free up and getting it off the ground the same way it was for our Amazon business. So you're using cold email as an outreach strategy to connect with either influencers or potential clients. Yeah. And it's never a cold, hard pitch. It's always telling, hey, this is our story. This is what we can offer. We'd love to, we've identified you as a fit. We'd love to get on the phone with you. And you do it in a polite, respectful way. You honor people's wishes if they tell you not to email them again. And we've built some incredible partnerships. Some of my best clients I've gotten just because we reached out to them one day. So out of all the strategies that you're using today to get new clients for free up, that's the one that you would, that's the one that you would continue to fund and stick with if all else, if you had to cut everything else. Yeah, because it's just so, there's no risk to it. There's only reward. If I drop $5,000 on Facebook ads, there's a chance that those people don't convert into great clients. And I'm not saying that you should only do the lead generation emails, but it's a great foundation, especially if you're a startup and you're trying to get off the ground and you're trying to get to that first 1 million, getting that lead generation going so it's going every single day is incredibly important. Yeah, no, I think that says a lot. If you're willing to double down on that and let everything else go, and put, you know, put the future of your business and new customer acquisition in that, it's obviously working for you. So that's awesome. All right. So if you could go back to the beginning of, let's just call it the beginning of free up. We won't go all the way back to your early twenties when you started your e-commerce business, but the beginning of free up, if there were hindsight being 2020, if there was one thing that you could do differently to grow, get further, faster, what would it be? Yeah, I would have invested more into our software. So I went, when I first started FreeUp, I didn't really look at us as a software company. But if you think about it, the marketplace has three parts. We're looking for more clients. We're looking for more freelancers. And then you have the software that holds it all together. And whenever we make money, you have to figure out, hey, where do we reinvest that money? Is it getting more clients, getting more freelancers or our software? And I think the first year because we didn't look at ourselves as a software company, the software really lagged behind. And, and I think we didn't realize how important that was to getting more clients and getting more freelancers and how it all tied together. And I think once we realized that we had to invest equally into software as we did for getting those freelancers and clients, that's when the business really started to take off. Yeah. Software and systems is going to be key. Otherwise, you're going to run into obviously a brick wall very, very quickly. It's not going to scale. So that was a you know, obviously you invested properly in that, but you probably would have done it a little bit sooner. And and I think there's a lot of people that were in your shoes early on that felt the same way. So that's great. So now let's take a little bit deeper dive into what you call your low risk, high reward growth strategies. You have this process, this methodology that you're using for growing free up. And a lot of it revolves around something similar to what you already touched on, which was kind of this lead gen team that you put together in the Philippines. Could you talk about kind of the basic framework of how that all came to play and what your experience has been and how maybe some of my listeners might be able to do the same thing? Yeah. And I'll start off by saying the gurus and the coaches and the courses out there, they're great. We have tons of clients that use them and make a lot of money and grow their business. For me personally, that's not fun for me. I like experimenting and figuring things out of myself. Even when I go to a conference, I might leave there with some key points, but it's, it's some key points that I need to trial and play around with and figure out my own way to do, go about doing it. So when I'm starting free up, I'm thinking, hey, how can I get in front of clients? How can I get in front of freelancers? Let's come up with creative ways and see what works and what doesn't work. And one of the things that's worked very well is getting on podcasts. So 
How do we get on more podcasts? Do we hire an agency for it? Do we reach out to them? Do we tweet to them? How do we get in front of more clients? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook ads? Is it sponsoring conferences, which is incredibly expensive? So you have all these different ways you can go about getting the same target result. And you as a business owner have to figure out where to start. Well, most startups, they don't have an unlimited budget. So your decisions are incredibly important, especially your early decisions. So what I like to focus on is those low risk, high reward situations. And what I mean by that is hiring an agency to run my Instagram account, for example, costs me a few hundred dollars every month. What's the worst case scenario? I use them for three months. It costs me $500, $700 and I stop using them or I tweak it in some way. But what's the best case scenario? It's one less thing on my plate that I have to do. It's getting an, it's growing my brand. It's getting more clients, which it's been working very well. And I take that same approach, whether it's lead gen on LinkedIn or posting content on our blog, we're constantly trying to hire freelancers to do small tasks and invest a little bit of money into them first to see if they gain traction. And the ones that are working, we put more money into, which is why I go on a ton of podcasts now. And the ones that are not working, we pull back on it and maybe we re- we revisit in the future when the timing is right. So that's really the strategy that I've used that's helped me had a lot of success without having this big capital investment. So it's kind of like growth hacking using freelancers in a lot of ways, right? It's kind of like looking for those unique strategies to get the word out there without having a big budget. Exactly. I mean, we have no employees. We have no office. We only hire freelancers from the free up marketplace, the same people that are available to our clients. So if I can grow free up from zero to $10 million run rate, only using freelancers to do all of my outreach, marketing and sales initiatives, then there's no reason why another company can't do it. I mean, there are people that are way smarter than me at different aspects of business that in my opinion, they could do even more if they just did trial and error with low risk, high reward opportunities with the right freelancers. Interesting. Okay. So you mentioned the cold outreach via email is one of the strategies that's worked really well for you. You mentioned getting booked on podcasts, like, you know, you talked a little bit about that. And I'm assuming that's a very similar type of strategy with like a cold outreach, either through social or through email, right? Exactly. Um, You mentioned a little bit about your Instagram. You said that that was producing some good results for you. Tell us a little bit more. Can you peel back the onion a little bit on your Instagram strategy? Yeah. So for me, I know very little about the behind the scenes of social media. I go on Facebook, I go on Instagram, but I don't know that much about growing a business on it. So I hired an agency that was on our platform because we have agencies that offer their services too. And we came up with a game plan. Hey, this is who we target. We target e-commerce stores. We target podcast hosts. We target marketing agencies, really defining who our company was and who our company is targeting. And then we also figured out the content piece of it. What kind of content catches their attention, whether it's graphics, whether it's the text in the post and coming up with a plan that can execute it. And part of it is on me to do trial and error and figure out what works and what doesn't work. But part of it is getting the right people in place that have had the experience to do it before or had the experience before and now can implement it on my behalf and then gauging the results. And and those results can tell you many different things. If we tried to do it and, okay, it's working great to get on podcasts, but it's not getting me any e-commerce store clients, okay, we need to tweak our strategy or maybe Instagram is only good for getting podcasts. You really have to not go in with, hey, this is our one-year plan. You have to go in with it, okay, let's try it. Let's see what the market's telling us and adjust accordingly. Before we dive forward, before we jump forward, I should say, I want to just say really quick, I interviewed Josue Pena who's an Instagram expert in episode 17. So if somebody wants to check that out, feel free to go back and check that out on the Growth Experts podcast. 
But so it sounds to me like those are some things that are definitely working. Can you flip the coin a little bit and share some strategies that you had high hopes for that didn't work for you? Yeah. So I think when you get to a certain level, a lot of conferences will reach out to sponsor them. And what we've kind of done this year is we've sponsored different um, events. We've gone to different events and there have been plenty of events where we felt like we didn't get a return on our investment. And there's been some good ones as well. But I think one of the things that we realized is we don't want to have a $300,000 a year sponsoring budget for conferences. It's not realistic. There's better ways to use that money. So next year, there are certain conferences, certain events that, that I won't name that just for whatever reason, weren't a good fit for our audience. They, maybe they were entrepreneurs that weren't ready to hire, or maybe they were an industry that, that doesn't use freelancers that much. But you didn't really know that until you actually showed up and checked out the event. So that would be one thing that we're going to tweak it and improve on going to next year that maybe we thought we would get a better return on our investment when we were spending $2,000 to go to this conference. Gotcha. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Conferences, obviously going to a conference can be super expensive. Sponsoring it is probably significantly more expensive. Obviously I haven't done that at this point, but interesting. All right, great. So during your entrepreneurial career, right? You've seen and probably had entrepreneurs reach out to you. You've probably met a lot of entrepreneurs and you've had your own personal ups and downs. What's been the biggest challenge so far, you know, in growing free up? I mean, what is it, if you had to pick one of the biggest challenges, what's it been? I mean, it's tough for me to say that only because we've had such big growth, but I mean, the competition is huge. The The gig economy is an $800 billion industry. There's always going to be the top towels, the upworks, the fibers. There's new VA agencies opening up every day. I mean, once you get to $5 million, people try to start copying you. So I think that's a challenge that we're going to have to overcome if we ever want to get to that $20 million mark. Do I wish that all the competition disappeared and made a straight open lane? Of course, but that's not realistic. So I don't know if it's necessarily hurt us because we've had a lot of success, but it definitely is something that's on our radar and that we've probably lost clients to other agencies or marketplaces that have popped up over time. Yeah, of course. It's like anything, the internet, social media, and just in general, technology has increased the rate at which competition can suck up market share very, very quickly. And like you said, I mean, you know, the gig economy is not new. It's not something that just started last year, right? I mean, all these other freelance sites and and these virtual VA agencies, they've been, you know, on a pretty significant ramp up for quite a while now. So it should be interesting to check that out. And I'm sure you'll figure out a way to navigate it. Let me ask you this. This is interesting. You've been really dug into this, you know, using VAs and the whole virtual assistance and gig economy for a while now. What's one prediction that you might make about the future of how the gig economy is going to play out? I think the corporate businesses are going to start playing into it a lot more. I'll take an example. I was just visiting my friend up north and he's an accountant and he works for a corporation and he negotiated with them to let him work from home two to three days every week. And he actually took a small decrease in pay in order to get that flexibility. But if you look at it from the corporation side, that's great for them. It's one, if you think of it long-term, it's less overhead, but they get to pay less. In my opinion, they get a more productive person as long as they're doing a good job measuring the results. From the employee or employee side, they don't have to pay for gas. They get to actually spend more time working and less time commuting. There's so many different benefits. And I think corporations have always had this issue of, of turnover and keeping people happy and getting the most out of the most production out of every single person. And I think letting more and more people work remote is going to solve a lot of their issues. 
and save them money at the same time. So I see a lot of them pushing that as a big focus over the next 10 years. Yeah, perfect. No, I think that I think you're spot on and you're already seeing the framework of that rolling out, particularly with larger corporations. So yeah, that that's great. Good point. So what would be your favorite growth tool or software besides FreeUp? <laughs> I use Jira when I'm using when I'm working with developers. Great software. It's kind of like a developer version of Asana. I've always struggled working with developers, keeping them organized, figuring out the difference between a, a top priority, a bug, a, the next step. And it just keeps everything very organized and it keeps developers from all over the world, along with our QA team, along with the owners of the company, all on the same page at the same time. So I strongly recommend that. How do you spell it? J-I-R-A. Perfect. I'll definitely add that to the show notes. And before we close out, do me a huge favor and share with my audience maybe one book that you would recommend that they read that's maybe helped you throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, start with why, which really just resonates with me. Because if you think of my Amazon business, I had a lot of fun. I learned a ton. But at some point, I, I just wasn't passionate about selling baby products. And I'm still not passionate about selling baby products. But with FreeUp, I found something that I really am passionate about. I, I love helping other business owners. I love sharing my story and our content. I love how much we've been able to pay out to freelancers over the past year and meeting with them and seeing their houses and their cars and how they've been able to help their family. So for me, I found my why. And it's one of the reasons why I put the Amazon business to the side and went full force on free up, regardless of how much money we're making, even though we're doing good, I'm very passionate about what we're doing and it's fun and I'm committed to it. So for me, that, that book just resonates on a personal level. Perfect. Well, listen, before we close it out, let everybody know how they can connect with you and learn more about FreeUp, and then we'll close it out for today. Yeah. So if you go to freeup.com with three E's, mention this podcast to get a free $25 credit when you sign up to hire any freelancer. My calendar is right at the top of the website. You can book a meeting with me. I'd love to talk to you about your business and how I can help. And I'm pretty easy to contact on all social media channels. And feel free to add me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a real Nate Hirsch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nate. Congratulations on your second seven-figure and soon-to-be eight-figure business, and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting again real soon. Thanks, Dennis. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.